everybody likes guns They just don't know it Deep inside of the soul There's a cowboy trying to get out Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Hello and welcome to episode 227 of New Shooter Canada. This is Josh, and I just want to give you a, a warning before we get started that uh, Mike and Thomas have done something extremely reckless this evening, and they've left the keys to the show to Amanda and I. We have no supervision this evening. So, hello, Amanda. Hello, Josh. So I guess we'll uh, jump right into it. Uh, it's uh, what we did in guns, and I guess I guess I'll start. <laughs> You'll start, and I'll just pitch in my my two cents. Yeah, since we did it all together, anyhow. So, yes. which is typically the case, but today tonight it's even worse because it's only the two of us. So. Oh well, we'll deal with it. All right, Amanda and I went to a new gun store. It's local, only fifteen minutes away, the next town south of us in Kirkton, Ontario. It's called Ontario Gun Services. I put a Facebook link in the show notes. Uh, they don't seem to have an active website yet. Hopefully that will come soon, as it seems most of the world buys everything online nowadays, so they need to get on that. Uh, a little bit old school kind of place, so I wouldn't be surprised if the website isn't really that amazing, but hopefully hopefully they'll do something. Um, I've been driving by this sign for years along the highway and always wondered what was going on and I couldn't find any info about it and it was never open but the sign was always there. Finally I see that it's open again last week and uh, we asked today and apparently they've been closed for the last nine years and just reopened last week. The lady behind the counter wasn't overly chatty so we didn't get any more information than that. Uh, it was nothing crazy but it was a neat and tidy store. It had the basics and really cool that it's a family run kind of thing. Um, just kind of an addition off the back of their house and they're, and they're local. It's the closest store in the area and they cater mainly to hunters. So they kind of had the, the same cookie cutter hunter things that you see in all the stores, but, uh, it's, 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 uh, you know, nice that it's there. And, um, I did ask them if they're getting into restricted and she said, yes. Uh, so that, that might be exciting in the future. Hopefully they get some more nine mil ammo in and maybe some, some cool handguns and stuff. So, um, hopefully this is someone we can build a relationship with in the future. The The prices seemed average. I mean, you're always going to pay a little more at a price like that. Oh, totally. But, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes worth another buck or two a box if you can support someone local. I think that uh, you want to give them the business if you can. Absolutely. You know, when we walked in, I was pretty impressed. Like, seeing the house first and then uh, you seeing a small sign for the back or, like, the entrance to the store. And I was kind of worried it'd be kind of like that uh, just looks gun like, shop. Yeah. Like, it, like, it just looks like a workshop almost. Someone's muddy farm, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was worried because I thought, you know, there was a gun shop. I can't remember. It's near Hanover area that we checked out. And it was a had lots of stuff in there. But you could tell that it was overpacked and... Um, just maybe not as organized as it could have been, but when you walked in, it was very well organized. It was clean and all the products seem, uh, well kept and new and in an orderly manner. So I was really happy to see that. Uh, they definitely had a wide variety of rifles and shotguns in there considering it was a small shop. Yeah. I was surprised. I, I was surprised at how many they had in there. Uh, compared to like the Clinton Sporting Goods, I've seen maybe, you know, five to ten rifles in there. And uh, that's some, some higher end shotguns too. They had some 
some expensive stuff on the walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. totally. Um, so I had uh, taken a look at the Savage uh, Cub. Uh, it had a wood, uh, wooden uh, stock, and it was a nice blue barrel with the peep sight. And it was in pink, and I thought it was really cute. But at first, I was a little surprised at the price. It was two eighty nine, but then Josh kind of talked me through it. It's a wood, it's a wooden stock, so right away, and with the quality of the bluing, and it's not painted, then you know, just because it's a little smaller in size. Yeah, I think not, those like yeah. those rascals in comparison. I think they're synthetic stock, and I'm pretty sure that they've got like a Cerakote on them or something like that. It's mm -hmm. not a nice blue like the. <clears throat> like that savage was and i was surprised to see that yeah well i was excited to have that conversation with her and i just said hey i'm looking at maybe the little rascals maybe purchasing one or two because as we've talked about before the kids are showing interest we would normally bring two at a time and we do have that little little uh, pellet gun that we can shoot well, but i think that peep site or that aperture site would be easier to explain to them how to how to line it up basically you just put the the dot in the circle <laughs> for for iron sights yes yeah. but i think um going back to the idea of having success in their shooting like maybe dawson could handle that my oldest son and maybe even your oldest daughter as well but i would think that the younger ones it might just be easier to have the uh, uh the red dot so that they can yeah. see what they're doing. So point oh, and shoot. Yeah. So anyways, I was talking to her and she's willing to get me a price on the um, Little Rascals anyway. And so hopefully it's not too out of sorts. But I mean, I have no problem paying a reasonable price if it's local. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, just like you said, hoping to build a nice relationship with her and yeah. that the family there. And uh, oh, yeah, it was funny when I, when I called in initially, I wanted to see if they had uh, ammo for my new Mosin because I know it's not a like a super uncommon thing but not everybody might have it so I, th I thought I would call first and see and I, I called the number on the Facebook page and it went to some lady's cell phone and she didn't even answer the answer the phone with the name of the store so you could really tell it was definitely like a family-run thing and she wasn't sure if she had it so she gave me another number and the number I called was actually the store and her son answered he sounded maybe like he was 20 years old so like I say, it's just uh, evidence of it being a family-run thing, and that was pretty cool. Totally. But, uh, so I got, I got some ammo for my Mosin, and that was good. It's not surplus, so I paid a little bit more for it, but that's fine. I didn't have to clean it when we got back, and I got a box of uh, Federal 22 bulk box. Um, didn't really have a lot of selection for 22. Hopefully that comes in the future as well. But uh, Like I said, I think just having that conversation with her to say if there's a brand that we particularly buy, for her to buy a case yeah. of it. Yeah. And she knows that we're going to come regularly for it rather than having to go to London or to, to we're, Kitchener. We're sitting there chatting, too, wondering how much of that has been there for the last nine years. <laughs> Stuff's <laughs> just been in storage. Like, but everything looked clean and well yeah. off, I think. And nothing looked like it had been repriced. It, there was maybe a couple boxes that looked like they could be falling apart. But we all know what shipping's like these days. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, then from there, we, we made it off to the range. And uh, we got to try the Mosin. And uh, what did you think, Amanda? What are your first impressions? <laughs> well, if anybody was listening to the last episode, I wasn't too impressed that he bought this gun. And only because, A, I felt like we already have the SKS. B, we had already bought three other guns this year. 
Um, and I say we because we're collective. Well, like I said, those are rookie numbers. You yeah, get uh-huh. those numbers up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, I will say I did like the Mosin for the fact that it was a bolt action. I feel like with the SKS, when I'm trying to load it, that if I'm not careful, my fingers are going to get caught in the, ch- in the chamber. And um, it's a very scary thing. And I have very small hands. And I feel like I would easily break a bone if anything were to <laughs> slam on me. But uh, so I did like that. And um, I, I'm glad that I was hitting paper. But obviously, I need to work on my posture and... and uh, signing myself in a bit more well or better, but you did quite well so, with shooting it. So how's your shoulder? My shoulder is n- uh, not so hot. <laughs> I thought we should try. We did standing first, and I thought uh, standing was great. I felt it was just like a a shotgun, but I felt I thought well, let's try prone. So we pulled out your mat and sat at twenty five yards, and my accuracy was a lot better. But the first shot I took, it hit in my upper shoulder blade rather than in the the pocket of of my shoulder and boy did that ever hurt i'm pretty sure there may be some bruising (laughs) how about you like did you not feel it yeah i think the first the first shot kind of felt weird i think because i didn't i don't think i had it anchored to my shoulder as well as i should have and and uh, i felt that way too i was more prepared for all the subsequent shots but the first one did kind of surprise me that i had shot a mosin before but it had been a really long time, and it was at a bench, and it just was a different feeling. It's not quite as bad as a shotgun. Not, I I think because it doesn't have um, the it padded, had a crappy, crappy buttstock. Buttstock, yeah. yeah. It it felt very hard, and it just well, protruded it in steel. a spot. <laughs> it <laughs> protruded in a spot where it just it really slammed me hard. And for someone who doesn't have very big shoulders. Uh, I it's something that I would be maybe put tape on some padding and like a pool noodle yeah. piece or something if I were to use it in the future for more than what I used shot ten shots at yeah. with that yeah. yeah so and we only went to twenty yards so we don't really know how accurate it is but I want to start close and just make sure everything was working and just see where it was hitting and mm-hmm. we kind of ran out of time and didn't didn't want to stick around to go at hundred yards but. Yeah, Next time we'll do that. Totally. Um, and I mean, I'm not mad at the purchase. It's definitely a fun, a big puke sound. It's a novelty, sound, right? it's it's, a novelty, it's a novelty yes. thing and a collector's thing. So. To- totally. And I'm, I support your collector's ideas, especially with the Russian. If only I'd bought it like five years ago. It's doubled yeah. in price in like the last five years. So. I know. <laughs> I know. But I mean, you got a good price on your SKS. So what can we say? Yeah. Well, right? it's not like I'm going to sell it anyway. So it doesn't really matter. No. So hopefully we can retain and build up value. So yeah. We'll see. Well, and then the other reason I bought the the Federal was because I wanted to try a different kind of ammo in my in my Grand Power K22. Um, bought this a while ago at the same time Thomas bought his 10 millimeter. Um, shot it a few times and really having extraction issues. And, and Thomas recommended I take it apart and clean it really well and uh, take the extractor apart and make sure that's really clean. I actually did buy some roll pin punches, but I haven't gotten that far to actually take it all apart. Um, some of the guys at the club last week when I was having some issues and Amanda was saying this too, um, because I was using blazers with the, with the buildup of wax, they thought maybe that was my issue because I was really having some trouble getting the casings out of the, out of the chamber. They would chamber and not extract. And I actually had to use the, I had to take it down and use my pocket knife to get them out last Thursday. Um, 
So I, I wondered if there was maybe a buildup and things were just wedging. And, I still uh, think that that's a problem. Yeah, but I, I cleaned it pretty well today before we went, and these were copper, copper washed or copper jacketed bullets now, and, and mm-hmm. similar issues, but they weren't sticking so much. I was having extraction issues, but I was able to just pull them out with my fingernail, and it wasn't a, a, they weren't getting stuck. They were getting lodged in the chamber. So. And we were also having... So I was hoping to have Thomas on so I could yeah. get his take on it, but he'll have to respond later in the chat, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> totally get that. But uh, that might be the next thing is to do what he recommended initially and take it apart and try cleaning it. But I wonder if maybe the extractor spring is just worn out, a new one, because it is a used gun. I don't know how much it was used, but it is used, so... I know. And I mean, we were using cheaper ammo. True. And we did try the uh, golden bullets. Because but I've used about four different kinds of ammo now. Now, okay. I still haven't. I wanted to get mini mags, but I, they, they didn't have them at this store. So yeah. maybe I'll try that one more time. Well, even so, and give it another good clean just in case. Yeah. I was really hoping that if we put like 50 to 100 rounds through it, that it would well, start to warm up. And it felt too frustrating like, to do that because every other round was not extracting. Well, that was the thing. We were having a trouble, uh, like, for the first, like, five, like, three to five. And then all of a sudden you would shoot, you know, five, five would go smoothly. And then uh, we would have the same problem again. So I kind of wondered if, as the gun was heating up a little bit in the barrel that that's when things were going a little smoother near Maybe. the very end because we tried the option of just loading five in each like like well, switching the, five to five yeah, right and I thought so, that was like a mag thing and they're all new mags so they're not really but that was the feeding issue not the extraction issue so no i agree but it was it was kind of frustrating because as i would love to shoot that gun at the next match like if I was going to shoot at this uh, it non, shoots, it shoots so nice when it works. Yeah, it feels mm. so nice and it shoots so well and the sights are great. Well, and I, it's light. It's easy to operate. And I, yeah. Well, you were having a bit of trouble with your thumb because you have stubby thumbs. But well, Josh couldn't understand how I couldn't put the chamber lock uh, up just with by pressing my thumb up, but I have short thumbs. Slide lock. Or my slide lock. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Get my point. But uh, I just. It's very frustrating when you have small fingers. Like, my palms are big enough that I can hold the gun no problem. But my fingers are just, they're stubby. I don't have nice long piano <laughs> fingers. What can I say? So, firearm fingers. Firearm fingers. <laughs> oh, well, what can you do? But, I mean, we gave it a try. And we both shot. And when you started getting frustrated, I took over. And I was shooting, too. And... It was even more frustrating. So, yeah. but at least it was a day out in the sunshine. I mean, yeah. that was a lot of fun. So, and then other than that, we saw the new upgrades to our club. We've got uh, magnetic lock doors now and, and key fobs. So that's kind of cool. A little bit of added security and get people signing in and signing out. They won't forget to sign in that way because they they can't get in unless they fob in. <laughs> so. Yes. That's great. Yeah, so how do they... So you just swipe again to, to sign out? You fob in and you find out, fob out. Okay, yeah. fob in, fob out. Yeah. Well, it's definitely nice and light on my keychain, so it's just remember to bring me that set of keys with me when True. we go, or, you know, making sure I bring my keys, because usually when we drive together, I don't bring my keys with me, so yeah. Yeah. it's almost maybe I should put it on its own... Um, um, keychain and then go from there i don't know we'll have to play around with that something to keep in the safe in this um my 
gun range bag, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, are you planning to keep yours on your keychain? Yep, it already is. Or, well, I know that's where I put mine, but I was just thinking, because we go together usually. Well, and I usually drive, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Well, we do have a main topic. Would be better with uh, four or five people discussing it, but we'll do our best. Thanks a lot, Thomas. You know, because they don't like the listeners, so <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> At least you guys have us, right? Totally. Uh, main topic. So, uh, discussion about Hollywood guns, movies, and TV shows. And I'm sure everybody's heard about Alec Baldwin, all the recent developments in the incident with his movie Rust. Um, that's not something we really want to talk about because everybody else already is and everybody has an opinion on it. So it's not really any, any point in discussing that any further because everybody's heard it already, but it got me thinking about guns on film and some of my favorites and wondering what your favorites are. Everybody who's not here. I (laughs) I used to watch a lot of TVs and movies a lot. And, uh, before I had kids mostly, but I feel like, well, before I actually participated in the hobby, I always had a healthy interest in firearms. And of course, uh, a good shoot out in a movie is always exciting. So I was just, the first question to everybody is, do you have a favorite firearm from a movie or TV series? So I, uh, you want to you want to go first, Amanda? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, really and truly, I've talked before that I always wanted to be that that um, really bad bad chick. You know what I mean? Or like someone that can really do some damage. And part of that uh, idealism of being, you know, sexy, smart, and agile and accurate assassin, if you will, would be um, mostly a lot of Angelina Jolie's. Uh, roles in um, her action film. So mainly the the yes, first I one watch, that comes in. I watch her movies for the firearms. Oh, yes. totally. That's yes. exactly what you do. Yeah. Uh, well, Laura Croft really comes into mind. But I mean, she did play um, in Salt and um, the kind of like action comedy with Mr. Mr. and Mrs. And Mrs. Smith. Smith. Yeah. Uh, but there was another one and it was the, the one where the bullets, you can shift them. I can't remember which one that's called. But, like, it, it's a hole where they swing around and they can pull the bullet uh, to loop. You know yeah, what I'm talking that's about? cheesy, but I don't remember what it's the movie cheesy, is. It's yeah. cheesy, but her uh, her whole character is kind of like this kick-butt chick, mm. right? Like, I don't know how else to describe her. But more vividly, I can remember the pistols that, like, the, the double pistols mm. that she used to have. Drop-leg holsters. With drop-leg <laughs> holsters. One of my favorite things because it, it looks uh, versatile and actually more and more as I'm getting into guns and the holster idea of being able to participate in pistol matches, um, a, a thigh holster or a drop holster is really something that I think would benefit me because I am a curvy girl and I feel like I would have nicer access uh, well, to like my Like I guns. say, even, even me, I've gotten my muffin top pinched in my holster a couple of times. Mm-hmm. no yeah i'm not looking forward to that that part of things but anyways i looked up what kind of gun she had because i never really thought that they were i always thought that guns were always fake i never thought that they actually used real guns i don't know why right not not using real guns as a movie prop yes 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 exactly so i never really thought about that a whole lot either until 
you know, what just happened. That's yeah, exactly. kind of what spurred the topic on, right? Because exactly. it's like, you know, you just think that they're fake or CGI or cap guns or blanks. And, well, that's exactly yeah. it. I just kind of figured they're using fake Mo- Modified. Modified. Like, movies. except for maybe old school movies. Yeah. Like, where they didn't have those abilities to have, like, 3D printers or, you know, companies that make... Air rifles and and well, yeah, airsoft guns look so close to real guns. Exactly, but you know what? That's the one thing about Hollywood is that they try and make it look as realistic. You don't get the recoil, right? You get. True, like if you get a blank, it's so right? true. Yes, you shoot you a blank, get... you you get some recoil. Well, we'll don't... get we'll get into yeah. that a little bit later, but yeah. yeah so I was looking up Laura's, um, uh, Laura Cross guns, and it's the Heckler and uh, I want to say Kosh, Cock. It's not cock. Coke? I think it's coke. But uh, I'm going to say kosh. A USP. Is that a bleep for Mike? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he bleeps when we say cock. <laughs> oh, good goodness. What what time was Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, you got me all flustered here. <laughs> so it's the um, USB match with um, uh, stainless side or slides on there. So apparently the basic runs for about $1,300. Uh, but more recently, we were just doing some research, and I guess it was about five thousand and up for Holy the actual. Yes, I know. So well, that's kind of neat, though. I, I I hadn't watched that movie for a long time, but then when we were looking it up, um, it's got that big barrel weight on the front. Yeah, and I thought that would that does make it look quite sleek, but mm-hmm. um, you know, as a prop situation, that would be pretty heavy for yeah, you know, someone to be carrying around even. Even with all the reviews, they were saying that it would take a little bit to, you know, get your whole hand control Yeah. with that. The only thing is that it's not flying up on you. So it, it is a nine millimeter. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited. I would have, I would love something like that. Love but, to try one. Yeah, I would love to try one. Um, but I mean, let's think of some other ones like James Bond. Pretty classic, right? So he's got his Walther PPK, which I know I've looked at. Uh, versions of that before. Uh, it seems like a functional and discreet gun, and it packs a punch. Um, but I will also say, like, the uh, Halle Berry's uh, Beretta 84FS, the Cheetah pistol. Uh, it looks very classic with the stainless steel oh, and the wood. Look for that one. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool looking. But I think the, the James Bond one, I think that would be prohibited. I don't think we could own that in Canada. It's too small, isn't it? Isn't it really tiny? No, it's a PPK. Thinking PPQ. I don't know, but you know you're the boss. Oh, you're the one who's always right. I'm googling right now. Let's All see. right, you you Google it. But I know I was looking. Maybe it was the PPQ that I was looking at. But I, don't know. I mean, the P- I think the barrel's pretty short. I don't know, but I think it looks pretty neat. Yeah, that's just it's small. very classic. We can't looking. we can't have that. Look at that. That's like Okay, a... so I'll, we'll do the PPQ instead of the PPK. It can't be that much of a difference. <laughs> it's only one letter. <laughs> but I, you know, it's a classic gun. It's um and I really like the whole cheetah look cuz it stands out, the cheetah pistol. Um Another thought that comes into mind is, you know, I've never actually watched a lot of Clint Eastwood's yeah, movies. Yeah, it's only 3.9 inches long. You can't have it. Oh. Boo. Unless you move to a free country. Oh, saucy over here. Jeez. As I was saying. Okay. Rude. 
Uh, so uh, Clint Eastwood's movies, like he does a lot of uh, um, movies with uh, hand, or rifles and, and guns and that. But Dirty Harry's classic line of, do you feel lucky, punk? Do you? <laughs> that is a catchphrase that is caught with the... the everybody whole, knows Everybody it. knows about it, and they've never seen Dirty Harry. But if you look up his gun, which is uh, Double Action Smith & Wesson Model 29, and I have to say, it's pretty classic and pretty sleek looking. Um, I know. I There's a whole bunch out there, but again, I think everybody knows that I'm not really great with details if it just looks good then i'd be interested in learning more about it well that's what movies are about right what looks cool yeah what about you though well probably the the oldest memory of where a gun really stuck with me and it still does today and it probably you know ties into my revolver fascination um other than just being you know a mike fanboy but uh (laughs) Uh, it's a show that probably not a lot of people have seen, but but I watched it all the time. A TV show is a Dirty Harry spoof called Sledgehammer from the late '80s. Um, I'd watch it on reruns as a kid, on you know, in the summer vacation when I'm at home and just on uh, normal TV. It was a 44 mag revolver, just like Dirty Harry's gun, like Amanda was just talking about, except it had a white ivory grip and a sledgehammer stenciled on it. It was basically a character in the show. He did everything with it. He slept with it. He talked to it. It probably was not age appropriate, but most of what I watched wasn't. So whatever. <laughs> I put a link to it in the show notes and some photos. But uh, yeah, that's uh, probably the, the earliest gun that really, you know, stuck with me, tickled my fancy, really enjoyed watching that. But um, and then movie wise, uh, biggest movie memory would be Terminator 2, the uh, sawed off lever action shotgun. Because I mean, what's cooler than yeah. seeing Arnold on a Harley fat boy doing a, a, a flip cock of the, of the oh, I said cock again, <laughs> of the, uh, of the uh, shotgun. And uh, it was funny, I, when I was looking this up, I saw there was apparently two models, uh, one with a normal small loop and uh, one with a big loop for, for doing the flip. And uh, I guess Arnold grabbed the wrong, the small one by accident and almost broke his fingers. <laughs> but, oh, dear. Uh, I, can't, I was watching that. I can't imagine how you do that without sweeping yourself with the barrel. Like, I just, I don't know how that's done, but we're going to have to get one and try. I think that's definitely something we should acquire. Uh-huh. What about you? Got any more? No, no, that would, that's about it for me. But you also mentioned here the... Well, it ties into what we did today. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Enemy, yeah. Enemy at the Gates. It was a really cool movie with Jude Law. Um, he had the sniper version, but there's lots of the, the normal M9130s. And uh, Tokarev's, of course, and that's that's what I would like next to make my you know my Russian trifecta there. So that's the next thing. But now I own one of those guns. I, I the sniper models are just uh, just way too expensive. I think they're probably three times as much as what I paid for for this one if you can find one. But uh, pretty cool to to own one of those now. I think that's that's well at this point it's the only movie gun that I own that I've actually acquired. Um, well, you know it's. Uh... I've always had an interest in older uh, guns, and actually the Royal Ontario Museum has a whole um, section, or they used to anyway, on old firearms and what which ones they used in the wars, and I always thought that that was a really neat concept, and I, I really enjoy that they, uh, in the movies, they try and be period correct. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this would be something that... 
um, would be used during that time period. So I was really excited to and see that. And it had been a while since I'd seen that movie. And yeah. just watching it, some clips of it again today, it was pretty cool. Like, hey, I just shot that, and now they just shot some guy with it. <laughs> <laughs> not that that, not that I condone that. But, no, you know, not it's at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so... Since I started actually getting into the hobby and uh, playing around with guns, probably the most influential is at the same time that I started watching this, I started getting into guns, The Walking Dead. So, of course, Rick Grimes and his Colt Python 357. It's just, you know, unmistakable. That's a beast of a gun that I think everybody loves, and uh, it's pretty awesome. I agree. He, it's it's a, It's a piece that carries with that character all the seasons, does it not? Yep. And yeah, well, now his so. now his daughter has it. I That's don't know. We're right. we're in season ten now. I think. Yeah, we're we a little bit behind. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any new ones out yet, but we're yeah. just getting through ten. Anyways, it's yeah. on Netflix now. But anyways, uh, it's funny though when you when you watch him use it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of memes out there and discussion about it. He never aims the damn thing properly. I don't understand <laughs> how he hits anything. I threw some pictures. <laughs> I threw some pictures on the show notes. It's always like way high with the barrel aimed down and he's never looking down the sights. So, you know, it's just really, it's just funny. Like there's, there's discussion about, Oh, maybe because it's such a long, heavy barrel, you, you aim it down for the muzzle flip. And, and that's just ridiculous. Anybody who knows what they're doing knows that that's ridiculous. <laughs> so anyways, in the show notes, I put some, some memes in there just as an example of that, but awesome gun. They brought it back. They're making them again, but they're just not affordable for Josh right now or, maybe ever, but <laughs> I'd be happy with a 686. It can be, you know, kind of a pretend version of the Colt Python, whatever. A pretend version. And then uh, how about fantasy firearms? Do you have any any fantasy firearms from a movie that, Ooh. you know, not real, but that's pretty cool and I wish it was real or just total pie in the sky? Oh, I'm going to have to think about this one, but I mean... I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so you know, give me a freaking blaster. I would probably really enjoy that. Um, but I'm more into the like the lightsabers and yeah, like for hand to hand combat. Well, Star um, Star Wars is what I picked, and I'm not a huge yeah. like super fan. I've seen all the movies, but I'm not a nerd about it, so I don't know all the details. So I actually had to look up what this was. But Amanda and I really got into the Mandalorian, obviously, like most most people did. And uh, his rifle just kind of speaks to me, too. It kind of looks mosin It's nice and long and kind of ugly. <laughs> but it's the, the Phase ugly. Pulse Ambin, uh, Ambin Sniper Rifle tipped with a forked ion prod electro bayonet. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. I know in the first season, he always had it strapped to his back. I didn't see it so much in the second season, though. No. But it basically just evaporated anything that it shot. And it seemed like it was a single shot too, didn't it? He had all his cartridges kind of on a bandolier on his on his yeah. chest, and I don't know, just kind of a neat looking uh, neat looking rifle to have strapped to his back. And it's more rustic and looks like it could be real rather than just something modern and crazy, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of why it why it stuck with me. I agree. But uh, I don't know; those are those are the big ones that I could think of and that were most influential. Like especially when I was a kid, like the. The revolver for sledgehammer and that sawed-off shotgun. Everybody, everybody knows the the Arnold sawed-off shotgun. Well, even thinking back to 
um, even Looney Tunes, right? Like <laughs> rifles and Elmer most Fudd. Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Can you actually stick your finger into a into a shotgun and have it blow up? And we're not trying that. <laughs> nope. And then there's also um, Sam. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam with his uh, his pistols. And there. I think they've He's... taken them away from him now, haven't they? Oh, I'm sure they have. But you know what? We're not going to get into that. <laughs> but you know it. Uh, gun culture has been a part of Hollywood and for eons, and I really enjoy that we're able to carry that through. And there are so many examples. It was really hard to sit down and think of the ones that really influenced me, mm-hmm. because really, um, if you look at CSI New York or any of the CSIs or um, Bones. I know I was watching that. Or what was that one that we were watching where the girl uh, doesn't remember who she is? It's Jane Doe. Um, I don't know, but she was covered in tattoos. I yeah. can't remember the name of the show. Sorry. Well, like, obviously, like, the, they try and be true to yeah. um, the, we, the whole concept. So, like, You I know what a really was, great gun show was Gotham. Gotham, yeah. I can't, I can't picture... Like, I, I didn't really ever pick out a specific firearm that I thought was awesome, but just... The sheer number of firearms and the way they dealt with the the actual like cinematography of the shooting and everything else, like it was super realistic and mm-hmm. almost a little disturbing for for normal network TV. Like I was actually really surprised how realistic a lot of it was. Um, like Victor Zaz and his forty five uh, caliber um, kind of nineteen eleven style. I'm not sure what he shot, but. Yeah, two of those, kind of like Laura Croft or right and left. Yeah, right? yeah, right and left. So and that was pretty awesome. But they, they really did a good job at uh, being realistic in the choreography of it all. Yeah, it just makes me think that like I'm probably going to start paying attention more to yeah. what guns we see. Like I find sometimes I it's go, really hard because they 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 yeah. well, it has to be one that sticks out. Like right. uh, like I said, was. Um, with all these uh, police investigation shows, they're all using Glocks. Like, well, the, I would say then, 80% of them are. And then there's the 80s uh, cop gun. Like, Die Hard would be, like, the Beretta, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Got the Beretta. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> some of them are a dime a dozen in that. But it, when a, a nice-looking gun stands out, like, you, you start to pay attention to it. But, I mean, there's yeah. so many different um, types of guns. And, I mean, I, I'm really... Gonna, I really like it when things are period, um, you know what I mean, right? Period um, accurate? Or? Period accurate. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I really like period accurate. So, like, I mean, the Patriot. Yeah. Yeah, same. yeah that's like, a That one. one's a very good one, right? So <laughs> It's funny. Right, uh, right after we got Disney+, Plus, I watched uh, Smith's, Smith Family Robinson with the girls. And I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. And I had forgotten how they got all those uh, muzzle loaders off the off the abandoned ship. <laughs> and then no. the pirates attacked and they had, you know, dozens of these muzzle loaders and they're shooting pirates in the face as they're climbing up the side of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Kids using them and whatever else. It was just it was really surprising at that uh, at that time that there was a movie like that, but it was funny. But I guess that would be real like if, yeah, if yeah. you were a family stranded and, and on an island. And it's funny too thinking like you didn't have a magazine with multiple rounds. You had no. to load a muzzle loader and shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot a musket. Be you go. Shoot, so. shoot one pirate in the face, hand it back for reloading, and grab mm. another gun. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, I was also thinking about 
what, what made me think of all of that? Back to the Future. You know, uh, so first when he shows up at the Twin Pines farm mm-hmm. there and the farmer, oh, there's, has, always, there's, yeah. there's, sh- there's always that typical the, farmer, the with, farmer the coming shotgun, out with the double barrel shotgun, double barrel shotgun. <laughs> and, and the same Get away from my daughter. <laughs> yep. And then in Back to the Future 3, there's a double barrel shotgun by um, Mad Dog Buchanan. Yeah. Right. And well, and Doc has that crazy rifle. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's been a part of our lives. Well, for American, a very American long culture. American culture. <laughs> yes, it's been a part of our lives for a long time. But I mean I I think it's great. I'm gonna start paying attention. So but uh so let's talk about uh pet peeves in Hollywood. Well, when I was showing you those sledgehammer clips today, you're like, Look at his finger, look at his finger, it was on the trigger. <laughs> well totally And it's funny how as gun owners we think about that stuff and you know, that's one of the one of the cardinal sins, right? You you don't have your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to shoot. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, I would think sound sensitivity, too. Like, we had this conversation. Yeah, last week that came up with Mike. It's like, what did you say? You, you shoot somebody and, or you shoot shoot a gun off and then you have a whispering conversation afterwards and your your ears aren't ringing. Everything's fine. <laughs> They're not wearing ear protection. Nobody flinches. That's that's probably the, the, the funniest thing is it you know, we realize how loud guns are especially inside right and it's just it's crazy that you know they can act like nothing happened after a gun goes off or multiple guns or a shootout i agree and i know even my ears are sensitive wearing the uh like the ear protection and if you don't have something in there i know my ears would be ringing Mm -hmm. and i'd be cringing well i've had it happen where um more so when i first started uh i would wear my my ear protection, my earmuffs, and when I was using a like a twenty two rifle in the indoor range, it would kind of when I got my cheek weld, it would kind of break the seal on my earmuff, and oh. then you'd have someone next to me shooting like a nine mil or a forty five or something, and it would really and hurt. yeah, you could really you could that's that's a time when you'd want to double up for sure. Yeah, I I would say also like just gun handling in general, like people cupping the bottom of handgun. Is definitely Just the way they, they hold them. The and hold them. them. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm. What else? I don't know. I, also, I guess the way, like, just watching those clips that you showed me about. Uh, is it Sledgehammer? Yeah. Is that what it's called? All right. He, like, I encourage everybody, up, like, I encourage like, everybody to watch the, the show. everywhere. Like, it's, like, up, down, everywhere. But and that, is a, that is a comedy, though. I know it's a I think comedy. It, I think it bothers me more when it's, like, a, it's supposed to be a serious TV show and they just get things totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I understand maybe not um, getting everything right. Yeah. But I I mean if they have an an armorist on site and these people are doing um training like a uh, for terminator like they put them through a pretty serious yeah. Well, training. Like, yeah, have you ever watched any of the videos of uh uh Keanu Reeves doing John Wick training? Like it's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, I mean you, actually, you, you know you don't shoot. point your gun yeah. up to the the sky, you know, yeah. even if your fingers are off the trigger, yeah. you should be keeping them down. Uh, but maybe that's a more of a Canadian culture safety concept that yeah, you know. I don't know. So. I, don't I think know. the, I think the, you know, the rules are pretty standard. But pretty standard being downrange. Yeah, that's some. That's someone we didn't talk about was John Wick because that's you know probably the most popular nowadays, right? And, and it's amazing that he actually can do that stuff. He, he took the training. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I love when that's the thing when you're an actor, you really get into proper method acting and getting yourself involved in that role. And I think that that's something that is not taken as seriously uh, in the acting industry right now because they're mm-hmm. so quick to push out a movie. And I mean, they're, I'm not saying that the actors aren't training. I'm sure that they are. But I feel like it's something everybody should be doing. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter what role you have. This is something you should be doing and should be aware of. And to, you should be doing it on a regular basis to keep mm-hmm. on top of uh, certain roles, right? Like, it's great, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, just me. I don't know. I think it's really important. And also, yes, I mean... I, not that I've ever spoken to an assassin or a cop, but I nope. think you're trying to tell me, <laughs> like, do cops not wear ear protection just in case or have no, something? I don't think so. I don't know. Like, because what happens so. if they're, like, because that could totally blast their eardrums I'd imagine out. if they were, like, on a SWAT team or something going into a... Well, yes, I suppose if you're being prepared, but yeah. you would think... I don't think on a daily basis they're ready to get into a shootout. No, certainly no not, idea. but I mean, yeah. like, if you're coming towards a... Like, get a, a call for a domestic uh, situation. But how do you so stick, you pop your ear. Your, how do you stick something in your ear and still hear what's going on? I don't know. But, I mean, at the same time, that's, I guess that's a job uh, job issue, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just something that comes with it. But We should all have silencers. It's a health and safety issue. Suppressors. Sorry, Suppressors. not silencers. silencers. Suppressors. Suppressors. Jeez. Uh, so what do you think you would like to see more of in movies? More guns. More guns. But anything in particular? Hmm. That's a hard question. I didn't prepare for that one. No? <laughs> well, I mean, we have all sorts of... You, you always get that odd scene, I suppose, of like at the range, but... Oh, you want to see more like... Uh... More pro-gun TV shows that aren't like uh, like the CCFR um, downrange. That's a good yeah. That's a great TV show. Yeah, exactly. Um, to promote the sport rather than you know gang yeah. gangbangers with guns. It's it's you know this is what yeah. people can do constructively with firearms. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that statement. And also, I think just the same as what my pet peeves are. Uh, you know, we're in a society where techno our knowledge. And technology allows us to access the knowledge that we can do a little bit more research and, you know, promote gun safety even on set. Mm-hmm. Right. And that means, you know, you hold it properly. You, you know, there is going to be some kickback. So, yeah, um, be prepared for that kind of situation. I, I don't know. I So I just feel like everything's being more realistic. Why can't gun... Um, gun protocols be more realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. But... Just positive normalization of firearms. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I mean, not to get into the Alec Baldwin thing too much, but I know it's caused a lot of controversy. There's a lot of conspiracies. And... Okay, well, do you think it's his fault? We gotta, we gotta no, no, put your I'm, opinion not, on that. I'm not. I don't know. Not at all? Not his fault at all? Oh, Alec Baldwin specifically. Specifically? See, I, I, I really can't give my word on on that. I feel like he's partially responsible. Uh, but then, you know, there's so many layers of responsibility before him. 
I agree, but he's also a producer. And we yeah. talked about what producers need to do. But would that producer, would that actor know the difference between a blank round and a, and a live round? But even so, as a producer, the producer's hiring the armorist who is, a, you know, they're supposed to do their research into. Okay, so you're going to that, to that level of it. Okay. Yes, I am. Did he mean to hurt that person? Absolutely no, of course not. not. I don't think so. Um, I really, know. I really don't think it's his fault at all. Well, I mean, if he wasn't the producer, if he was just a normal actor, I would say no, there's no fault because he w- he should have been handed, you know, a gun that was checked by three people before he even got it, right? Yeah, but I mean, we watched a, a video about certain protocols with guns on set. Yeah, that you're supposed to like shoot it into the ground as well yeah. before you go and you take action yep. and shoot because yep. then you know it's blank, right? So, but if you're loaded up with blanks and you're shooting blanks into the ground and then you got to reload it anyways, but. I suppose so. But I mean, I don't know how to say all of that. But of course, there is some and people saying that oh, you never aim a gun at somebody. Well, yeah. how many movies and TV shows do you see where they aim guns at people? I mean, you have to do that for the shot so that mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense but i mean at the same time there are ways that you can point at someone without pointing at someone you know what i mean I you guess. can make it it's all about peripheral vision right the so angle, the, the angle, angle of the camera yeah. the angle of the camera they can easily fake that yeah but regardless it is important to have gun safety on sets and obviously in light of everything with alec baldwin's situation it's important that we remember that and we talk positively about that, regardless of the nonsense that happened there, right? Because yeah. I mean, it crap's gonna happen. Let's let's just—it doesn't matter. It could have been one of the most safest gun guys, uh, gun actors, mm-hmm. who knows what they're doing. It could have happened to them too. Less likely, but it could have happened. Yeah. So it happened. So let's just. I'm going to leave that to bed on That's that fine. one. No, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, we hadn't really talked about that at no, all. No, we're trying to avoid it. But Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's important that gun safety is... And that just brought it to light, didn't it? Yeah, right? sure. Because, I mean, seeing Sledgehammer swing around his freaking <laughs> gun, like, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't... Well, it brings to light that, you know, you can never check a firearm too many times and never trust anybody else when they hand you a firearm. Like, it just it reinforces the the standard gun rules, right? Gun I safety rules, the layers of rules, and they're there for a reason, right? I agree. But, but anywho, I think we'll, that's, you know, it's a shorter episode, but I think we'll, we'll wrap it up, I think. Yep. Well, if uh, any of our... Listeners have any of their favorite movies, uh, their favorite guns in particular, their pet peeves. We want to hear it all. So why don't you uh, uh, email us at newshootercanada.ca, leave us a comment on Facebook, um, or you can email us at host at newshootercanada.ca. We want to hear about it. So what's influenced you? Did you actually get to try any of the guns that you saw on TV? Because I know we haven't, other than the Mosin. Woohoo! Right? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sorry, 5000 is a little out of my budget right now. So, I I would like to hear what our listeners have to say. But uh, are there any events coming up? So, I just threw one on uh, for the Action Pistol event in Guelph. Um, I put the link to practice score in the show notes. And uh, the match starts November 19th uh, at 
let's see, that says it's six, but really it's at two. I don't know why that says that. Match ends November 20th at 8.30 p.m. Uh, location is the uh, Guelph Rod and Gun in uh, Eden Mills, Ontario. Film Aficionado Gun Series. You can look at the show notes and get all the details on everything. And uh, go to practice score. So I just thought I'd throw that on. Yeah, but there's one for the Saturday too, right? Yep, there's a Friday at 2 and a Saturday at 9 and 11. So. Okay, perfect. And which one are we shooting at? We're shooting on Saturday, and uh, I think I'm shooting at 9 o'clock while you barbecue. No, you're going to barbecue. <laughs> but, you know, if you guys uh, come on by, we'll be able to say hi, and then give us your personal views on uh, our shows and give us uh, questions. Oh, gosh, comments. don't do that. Oh, please do. <laughs> Just don't beat us up, all yeah. right? That's all we care about. Don't beat us up. Any shout-outs, Amanda? Um, I am going to give a shout-out to Matt uh, from the club. He put all that work into the fobs, mm-hmm. and um, I I really thought that it was a really cool concept. I know it involved the whole executive team at Milverton Rod and Gun, but... I didn't really do anything. Well, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I heard that Matt did a lot of work into organizing all that. He's kind of like our computer tech guy, security, um, guy. security guy. And so he was the one that got that ball rolling. And I really appreciate it. Uh, it's really nice to see our club come up from, um, it, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. And this time, you know, definitely kudos goes to Matt on that. So what about you? Oh, I'll shout out Amanda, just for being awesome and shooting my crappy new Mosin with me. <laughs> What's a crappy? <laughs> just left bruises on my shoulder, that's all, you know. All right, well, Amanda, why don't you take us out of here? Go ahead and shoot like a girl. Choose your caliber wisely. Good night, everybody. Good night. Well, I really like Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small, they're for sale till I want them all. I like guns, I like guns, I like guns.